Hello! This is the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking podcast. I'm your hostess with the most is Diane Gibbs, a.k.a. Doobie Die. This podcast is about the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking. These are my stories of me drinking and drunking my way through 30 plus years of my life and how I finally found the freedom from alcohol and still being able to have fun. Are you curious about living a sober life but not sure where to start? Do you want to explore what it means to be sober curious and how it can benefit your overall well-being? If so, I want to invite you to book a free 30-minute discovery call with me. During this call, we'll discuss the concept of sober curiosity and how it can help you improve your health, relationships, and overall quality of life. We will also explore different strategies and resources to support your journey towards a sober, curious lifestyle. Whether you're interested in cutting back on alcohol, exploring new ways to have fun and socialize, or simply seeking a healthier way of living, I'm here to guide you through the process. My goal is to help you gain clarity and confidence in your decision to explore a sober, curious life. I believe that everyone deserves to feel empowered and in control of their choices. I'm committed to supporting you every step of the way. If this sounds like something you'd like to explore further, please reach out to me via DM and the links in the show notes to schedule your free 30-minute discovery call. I look forward to speaking with you soon. There we go. Well, uh, good afternoon. It's so awesome. I'm so excited to be here today. This is my podcast, The 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking. This is episode 51. This is super exciting. And I am here today um, doing, I don't know if it'd be like the interview, but I'm going to be talking with my accountability coach, Andrea Lee. She is this dynamite gal that I met in um, a container last year. And when we met, we were in this course called Abundant Ever After, and we connected um, because I know I was looking for more um, to move my process, everything I was trying to do forward. And Andrea like stepped into my life and showed me what she could do to support me. And um, I am this far because of her support, her encouragement, her words of wisdom, her ability to talk me off the ledge and um, just to continue to help me move forward. So I'm super excited to be here with her. And she also has a fantastic podcast, um, the Holistic Living Podcast, which I listen to quite often to um, keep moving me forward. Um, so thanks for being here, Andrea. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy and a pleasure to be here. And it's been such a delight to um, walk this path with you over the past year. Uh, and I really, before we dive into our interview, I just want to really honor you for choosing to continue to walk this path because I know it's not easy to choose another way and to show up another way and to choose a life that's alcohol free. Um, so yeah, just really inspired that you are bringing this message into the world and, and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and show people that, yeah, it's not necessarily always easy, but how much, um, you know, wonderful things can come from 
choosing this way of living. So it's really inspiring to, yeah, walk alongside you on the journey. And yeah, just getting started. We just have a few questions we're going to dive into. Um, and for me, uh, my first question for you is, when was the moment you knew that you needed to stop drinking? Well, there were so many moments that just were like, stop, stop, stop. But finally, in the end, it was that when I got a phone call from my friend from work asking if I had remembered what had happened on our last night at a big U.S. food conference. And it was one of those moments, not that many people called me on my stuff, like, do you remember? Because most of us were in that, like, we were all drunk together. So no one was questioning what I, you know, the events of the night before, but I didn't remember anymore. My problem was all my blacking out and it just got to be so scary. And when it involved work, that's when I was frightened I might lose my job and I was so tired of it. it and I just went, I need to stop right now. And it was on a Monday. It was September 26th of uh, 2011. And boy, that date was, I mean, it's just marked in like my, like that was a huge turning point in my life. It like saved my life. Mm. It's funny because sometimes we don't realize like the rock bottom points can be the points that we need to reach in order to begin to rise up for when we hit that dark point, then the lightness can come. Um, but I know that, that choosing to give up alcohol from my own experiences of having many blackout drunken sessions in uh, my own journey of releasing alcohol as well as that it's not a linear process and it's not always easy and it's a freaking roller coaster. So it's one thing to decide, like I need to give up the booze and I need to change my life, but it's a whole other thing to actually walk the path and take the steps. So I'd love to know for you, what was the hardest part of the journey in choosing to give up the alcohol and live your life in a different way? It was trying to fill that time that I had spent on the alcohol and choosing to do something else. Um, and so I figured that out. I started going to the gym. And so that was going on after work. Um, and so I had that time, I was occupying that time um, and I knew how to fill it. But then I was dating a guy too that drank and I was just really afraid of like getting out of the party with my friends. I was afraid of losing all of that. Um, and I didn't know any other kind of way of socializing. This is just the way it had always been. And we, I revolved my life around the booze um, after work, um, in the evenings, like thinking about the next day, what I was going to be doing for that weekend. Um, so the hardest part was really trying to figure out what I was going to um, do with my time now that, you know, those idle hands um, and one thing about, I mentioned my boyfriend was that the dude was late in like meeting up with me. And so if I had been drinking, I could just go to the bar and wait for him. So that even caused, like, I had to have a new understanding, like, and, and like 
in our relationship. And I had to accept a, the, that idle time of waiting for him and that I wasn't going to go and get the booze for it. I needed to, once again, fill that time while I was waiting. And so it just, um, filling the time. Mm, yeah, it can be, it can be uncomfortable because all of a sudden, because in my own journey as well, I, I never learned how to socialize without alcohol from when I was 12 years old and started drinking. That's what I did when I was out. That's, that's how I knew how to socialize. And I remember when I stopped drinking, I was like, how do I, how do I go out? How do I be social? How do I not have a drink in my hand? It was so anxiety inducing. Um, and it's, it's just the norm. And we often, so many people who, who are maybe still so stuck in that cycle, aren't necessarily aware of this, this societal norm and how difficult it is to step out of it and still um, exist in the realm with the same people that you used to know, like it can be really confronting and really difficult. And there can be so many times that you just want to give up because it feels hard. But what what helped you to persevere and continue the path when I'm sure there was so many times that you just wanted to give up and, and just fall back into your old ways of being? Um, you know, I... I told you, I stayed in that party and I proved to myself that I could keep on going with the people that I had been drinking with without drinking. And not that that was the healthy way to go about it, but that was the way that I thought that I, I had to figure out how to exist with my group still. Um, and, but without the alcohol, I just knew I couldn't go back to the alcohol anymore. I like when I finally surrendered and I remember being at, um, so my local hangout, um, was my cheers. And I also went, I called it my office because I sold food and a lot of bars were my customers. So I'd go in there and work and my bartender was my friend and I would do my work and, and I'd still kind of do my work at the bar, but then, you know, I wasn't waiting for that five o'clock anymore. And I'm like that. And then I'd make sure I'd eat. So when I was supposed to, when the drinking would start, I'd make sure like I got a meal in. And so that would be my distraction. And I remember talking to one of my guy friends that who always drank with and He's like, oh, I'm so proud of you. And I go, wow, this is not easy. And we hung out for like a couple hours and he goes, gosh, Diane, I have to let you know that like, I wasn't sure how this was going to work for you, but you're still super fun and cool, you know, without it. And I was just like, thank you, Lord. Like, that's so hard because I was used to being one of the crazy lives of the party and to like step back and not be there doing that was scary. And I, I, I was, my identity was connected to it. Yeah. That's so, it's so powerful that you say that piece. Cause I remember when I stopped drinking and yeah, I was, I was quite like, you're a little bit different. Cause I too was the life of the party. And I remember someone saying to me like, when's fun Andrea going to come back? And that was like a dagger in the heart that I'm like, Oh, so this real authentic version of me is not, enough so there's a lot that can get layered into the process of giving up the alcohol but that's beautiful for you that in the beginning of your journey there was someone who was like oh you're still fun and you're like oh perfect yeah I am because we can we associate like 
oh, when I drink, I become this person. And we, we get delusional and we think that this person we become with the alcohol is a better version of us, which is absolutely not true, but we can get stuck in this spiral of like, oh, I have to drink to be entertaining and fun and all of these things. And we lean on the booze for that. And it's, it's not the truth. Um, so that's nice that in the beginning of your journey, you had that positive interaction. Um, and what would you yeah, say? Like, it, it was still like super hard. I mean, just like you said, like I had a friend that said, I miss the old Diane. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow, that was really tough. And then I asked some other friends, like, even like, do you miss that? And they go, you know what? we we don't necessarily miss that because of where I had eventually turned to yeah. and so I that was a big question too because it was like I, I don't want to be different I want to yeah. be and I didn't know that at the time that I didn't want to be different I just wanted the brute boost to stop and I wanted to stay in that party and I was yeah. so afraid of how I was going to change yeah it's like an and identity crisis it was. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot tied into it. Um, I know for me, when I like started on my sober journey, um, it was interesting. Like those that even that first month, uh, of not drinking and waking up on the weekends and being like, Oh, I feel good. Like I have energy. Like it was quite immediate that, I, that I was starting to see the benefits of choosing this new way of being. And I'd love to just hear from you, like what what the biggest benefits have been of, of choosing an alcohol-free life that you'd love for, for others to hear about? Well, one thing is, is that, yeah, waking up clear, waking up feeling good, um, not ruining your days because you feel so shitty. Now, I didn't have, I would say a lot of times I was like, oh, I don't get hangovers. But once you get the alcohol out of your system, you actually realize that there was a complete fog over you for a long time, even though I bragged that I didn't, wasn't hungover. I was, I, that clarity that came back into my life, um, it just felt so good. I could see things through a different light. I saw like, like I said, I thought I was the big party girl. I seeing that yeah, I was, but not, it wasn't all that cool and fun. Um, I did a lot of very um, embarrassing and actually I'd kind of say sad and pathetic and <laughs> it, to be honest. And, um, and so I also then made a more of a focus on my health. So I recognize like I got that awful alcohol out and then my whole life changed health-wise. I um, went to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and learned about eating the right things. And so my, it all shifted. It all shifted onto like loving myself more and working on my physical well-being. And oh, that was a game changer for me. It's so interesting when we, yeah, the catalyst, like alcohol can, giving it up can be the catalyst for so many other things because the alcohol is taking so much time and energy. And yeah, once you, once you give it up, because my path was similar to yours that I studied holistic nutrition following my journey of giving up the booze. And then you start to realize you're like, oh, there's so many ways that we can 
optimize our health. And I, for me, I felt like I was living under this dark cloud for so many years. And then as I let go of the booze, I'm like, oh, is this, is this how things can feel? It was like, this, this is amazing. Like just this, this release and this clarity and this just stepping into a whole new way of being. It's almost like a rebirthing process. Um, and, and yeah, really beginning to tune into your body and, you know, alcohol is a numbing agent. So when you're walking around numb all the time, you don't necessarily know about the other things that are going on in your body. And then when you release the booze, you can be so much more in tune with yourself and your needs and, uh, and cultivate more time for, for other things and creativity. Um, and what would you say has been like the most helpful tool that, that you've discovered that has supported you with, with staying on track or tools? Cause, um, yeah, it doesn't, it's not, it's not again, a linear path. So the tools are always important to keep you going. Yeah. So I really made sure, um, I filled those times. Like I I'd look at my schedule and go, okay, you know, these are times that I would normally drink. So let's see what you're doing. Let's go to the gym. Let's have those classes in the summertime. Let's get out on that bike ride. That was really an important thing that I recognized and where I was um, like managing my time and um, recognizing where I um, wanted to be and not um, really real, you know, not realizing I didn't have to stay in that party. Now I'll tell you when I first quit drinking, I did not look at it the same way I look at it now. Um, I've had a bigger shift since I've started the podcast because I didn't, I didn't realize what alcohol was really, I knew it was bad for me and what it was doing to my overall health and well-being. I didn't realize that it was really ethanol that I was drinking poison. I, I kind of guess I did know some of that, but now that I have more information about it, um, I realize that I have just, um, uh, my eyes are open to the, the severe, the severity of the drinking. And I have really been able to, um, really put myself like as the main focus and, um, and realizing I don't have to uh, participate in the parties. I can go to an event. So I always would set myself up. If I was going over to a, a party, my friends don't really like to eat. So I would make sure I'd bring food with me. So that could be a focus. Like I told Seth mentioned when people were drinking, I was like, I need to eat. And not that I ate in a, like an excessive manner, but if I got together with friends, I'd be like, can we have a meal in, um, instead of just having an hors d'oeuvre party so that we could sit down and I liked more of a structure. And then, so even like for my birthdays, instead of doing, um, like having a party, I would say, let's go to the art museum because there's this exhibit and then we can go for lunch afterwards and still have some celebration going on, but just to divert it from what the alcohol was. And, um, and so I just figured out the alternative. I always made myself. And the cool thing is, is that when you're sober and you go to a party and, um, like, driving to the party I could leave whenever I wanted to I was in control it's such an interesting thing and and um 
I think those are all helpful tools and tips for people that are maybe looking to to cut back on the booze. And, and I recall for myself as well, like people on the other end don't necessarily realize how strategic you have to be when you're choosing to give up the booze, but you still want to socialize and be with people. Like there's a lot of thought that goes into, okay, how are we going to socialize now? If we used to just meet at the pub and that pub might not have food, like how can we restructure this so that it can work for you? You can still socialize. Things can still feel good, but like yeah, really, it does take a lot of intentional, mindful thought to be able to continue to to socialize. Um, also, I know on on my journey, it's been tricky because um, I have a partner that still likes to drink, and my parents really like to drink, and that can be quite triggering. Um, and granted, they didn't they don't have the issues that I had with alcohol; they were never taking it as far as I was. So coming to the other side of it, sometimes it can be like, oh, I feel so clear and amazing. And it's like, everyone should give up alcohol because it's such a better way to live. And it can be, uh, it can be a tricky spiral to be stuck in. Um, but what, what, what is your, what is your dream or hope for others or, or words of wisdom that you might want to share with someone who is kind of stuck in that spiral? And maybe they know that, yeah, I'd like to, to cut back, but it's, it's just, it's just hard. Um, and maybe they don't see any way through. Is there any words of wisdom that you would share there? Yeah. You know, um, looking for it's, you know what, it just takes one step. It takes one choice to, you know, when you're, when you're drinking, you're constantly like, uh, negotiating like, okay, I'm not going to do these shots. So I feel better. Um, and so I'm not going to get so drunk. Listen, if I was able to quit drinking, other people can, it's making a conscious decision just today, not to do it today. You don't have to worry about tomorrow, but just if you could do it today and then say you had one drink, okay, that was one. And you figured it out with one go the next day. It's start by moderation. Um, just a little bit less you can do. Um, and even just trying to do it without, uh, and I actually, this past year did a seven day sober curious challenge and I smoked pot and I participated on that challenge and it was so helpful. And so I just want people to know they don't need to do it alone. There's people out there. I'm happy to walk with you on the journey I'm just taking it one day at a time. That's all that matters is one day at a time. If you can just get through today without a drink, then tomorrow's a new day. And let's start again tomorrow because there is that light at the end of the tunnel. And I could never figure that out for so long. I was over that toilet for years going, I'm going to quit. Just God don't like me, you know, like ease up on this sickness and I'll quit. And I, that bartering just doesn't, didn't do it. It is just like all of a sudden going, okay, let me just start right now today. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to quit today. I'm going to, and, and see and get through today. And it just has to be one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. Cause it can be I mean, I remember when I was stopping drinking and it's like, okay, I'm going to stop. But then you look ahead at your calendar and you're like, okay, but I have all these social events. Like, well, I can't stop for that event. This one has a wedding. And like, you're already telling yourself all these reasons why you can't, but it's like one day at a time. And it's such a, an amazing thing that can happen when 
I remember in the beginning, I would show up somewhere and I wouldn't be drinking. I'm like, this is so hard. This is so hard. This is so hard. And then it just got easier and easier. And now it's not even a question. It's not even a thing. Like I go somewhere and it's just not even a problem. And it's entertaining being on the other side now when I'm in social um, situations. Because once people have had like about two drinks and then it goes deeper from there, you're like, oh, it's it's just very interesting being on the other side in the, in the sober seat. Um, and I recently was at, I live in a ski town and I was at an apre and there was this um, woman similar age to me and she'd been boozing and we're listening to a live band. And as the night went on, she was dancing on the table and I looked at her and I was like, God, I remember when that was me doing that. Um, but being so thankful that it wasn't me doing that anymore. Like there's so many things that, and, and maybe people listening, there's things that people can look at and um, you know, those, those fun times of me dancing on the table, but those, the follow-up to me dancing on the table was the following day with my head in the toilet all day and with such regret and remorse of all the other stupid shit that I'd done. Um, and, and that piece that we've talked about, like anxiety or whatever you want to call it, but like the day following the overdoing it with the booze, how, how low it can make us feel and what an impact it can actually have on our mental health. And I think people don't necessarily talk about it, or if you're not fully aware, um, but the impact of over-consuming on a regular basis does have a huge impact on your, on your mental health. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, and the thing is, is that I know for so long, like my plan was like, you mentioned that, oh, looking ahead, okay, I'm going to drink and do all this. And so you were planning on how you were drinking and now it's a new strategy of how am I not going to drink and what can I do to, um, and like still be able to enhance this um, situation and have a good time and figuring out now in nowadays they have all sorts of like non-alcoholic drinks um, and mocktails. And so I know some people just having a drink in their hand is something that is important to them and, um, and having that um, bubbly waters or um and so you can still put something in your hand. It just doesn't have to be filled with that alcohol. Yeah, they've and done such a good job. Because I remember when I first was stopping the booze and I'm like, oh, great, I can get like a cranberry soda. But now you can go, there's so many different mocktails and things to choose from. And even if you're not, you know, you're not ready to like give up fully, it's like, oh, have have a regular beer and then have a non-alcoholic beer, have a regular cocktail then have a non-alcoholic cocktail. And, you know, you can still partake in the party without, you know, really overdoing it and just, just playing with those, yeah, new ways of being. And what would you say just as we kind of come to the end of our, our time? Um, yeah. What would you say is like the best part of life now that you have, you know, how many years sober are you now? I'll be 12 in September. Well, that's huge. It's huge. It and is. yeah, it's just celebrating enormous. you and continuing to move forward because yeah I know it's not easy but what would you say is like the deepest gratitude that you feel for choosing to walk this path it really proved that I love myself and I wanted to like have myself live instead of living through alcohol I'm living without it and alcohol I thought was part of my identity and it's not and I thought I had so much fun with it and I did have fun. But as I look back now, and once you get off of it, you see the difference. You see the behavior. You see, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not her. Like, yeah. I'm so glad I'm not that one up on the table 
you might like look like you're having fun, but as she falls off and face plants, that is so not cool. And I just go, thank you, Lord Jesus, that that's not me anymore. And I recognize it. And I put myself first. I, I wake up, I remember everything. I mean, I might get, be getting older and things might slip, but I'm not blacked out from the night before. And I'll yeah. tell you the best thing about my first year of not drinking is that I had started dating Lou my um, right at the beginning of my sobriety. And, um, and he died. I had a whole year. There were two weeks that I was foggy, but then I had 50 weeks of remembering with him Mm. and that remembrance of that time meant more than anything and who knew that what was going to happen to him yeah and god gave me that yeah it was so cool oh that's yeah i mean i finally love myself to give myself the freedom from the alcohol to live my best life yeah. And here I am. And it, it, it changes through the years. Cause here I am at 12 going on 12 years and it's been a little bit harder this year. I don't care about the alcohol. That's not my deal. I've been in the party with my friends. I love my friends, but I don't like the parties anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't have to go. Yeah. Yeah. And there's I a lot of like self-acceptance that yeah. comes in on, on the journey of, cause I know that we've talked about this a little bit, but yeah, like it's a Friday night and you know, the older version of me might be out partying and now I'm like, oh, it's a Friday night and I'm going to drink my tea and read a book. And, and there was, I had a really hard time doing that at first. So I was like, oh, I'm a loser. I'm sitting at home reading a book on a Friday night. Like who does this? And then, I, but you build peace with what is, and it can be wonderful when you're like, it's okay. Like I'm comfortable with me and that self-love piece. I'm comfortable with me the way that I am. And I love myself enough to nurture my body, to give it the rest that it needs. And it doesn't mean that we're not out socializing. It's just, we pick and pick and choose what feels good and um, loving yourself enough to choose what you need to do for, for you, I think is a really big piece. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed um, listening to all of your podcast episodes and in every single episode I've listened to, there's always been something that I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe she got away with that. That could have been really, really crazy. Um, But so many pieces of the puzzle that I've listened to. And I'm like, I can feel the full body chills because I, I, so much of your story resonates with me. Um, and yeah, always being thankful that I'm like, I, I, I got away pretty unscathed, even though I put myself in some pretty sketchy situations and, and so did you, um, and yeah, really feeling grateful for that and being able to walk through to the other side. And, and I just always hope that anyone listening to your episodes, because you offer such vulnerable content and I hope that other people, I hope it just stirs something within them to maybe, yeah help them inquire and, and think about what life could be like if they chose another way. Yeah. I'm here for anybody that wants to have that conversation. Uh, you know, because my friends were, you know, this is where I, what I was doing with my friends. It's nice to have that person that understands that, um, what it's like without the booze and what it's like to quit the booze. And, um, and the stories are, super real, super raw. And, um, man, they were, some of them were really hard, 
but I am, um, I'm so glad to be on the other side and to be able to share them. Um, I always thought that so many of them were really funny, but now that I look back, um, and what I did and how I put myself into a lot of, um, jeopardy mm. and, um, and I say this all the time that it was God's, um, my, the prayers of my parents and God's protection on my life that, um, protected me during all those episodes. And I obviously was here doing all of that for a reason so that I could come and share and let people know I was so deep into the alcohol that, you know, you don't think you can get out of it, but you can, if I can do it, so can you. And no yeah. one needs to do it alone. And that was one thing that I love when I talked to you, Andrea, is that you get it, you've been there and you understand and you've moved through it and out of it. And now you get to the point you're like, it's not even the alcohol anymore. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's free. There's so much, there's so much freedom there. Um, but I do like, I love listening to your episodes and I very much look forward to, uh, the next season now that you're in your yes. secondary season of the podcast. And yeah, I I'm just so thankful that you continue to bring your message to people. Um, before we wrap up here, is there any other final word you might want to share? Um, yeah, come get your hands sticky on my balls. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, I just want to share. Thank you so much for everybody for listening. I'm going on my, um, year anniversary, um, on April 20th. And I'm just so grateful to have everybody's love and support and, um, and people that are listening and sharing. And, um, I'm just grateful for you, Andrea, for making sure that, you know, checking on me, making sure I've been um, moving forward in the manner that I um, can. And so I'm going to leave Andrea's information in my show notes. If you guys need um, an accountability coach, someone to move you forward, um, she is fantastic. And I'm also going to include her podcast because <laughs> There are times that I've gone through the day and just gone, oh, I'm a little struggling. And I, I noticed she put out a new pack. I listened to it and it's just what I needed. And she uh, like helps me shift that mindset back up into that high vibe again. So I got to so share kind. that because her <laughs> Thanks podcast for the plug. is awesome. You are so kind. All right, everybody. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much for tuning in and have an amazing day. Thanks so much for being here. God bless. So thanks again for stopping by, being here and listening. This is just another one of the reasons why I needed to quit drinking. You can find me and the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Anchor. Please do me a favor. Make sure you subscribe. I'd greatly appreciate it if you would leave me a review and even share with a friend. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. This is Diane Gibbs and the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking podcast. Until next time, later.